This is the Whole Care Network. Helping you tell your story one podcast at a time. Content presented in the following podcast is for information purposes only. Views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of the host and guest and may not represent the views and opinions of the Whole Care Network. Always consult with your physician for any medical advice and always consult with your attorney for any legal advice. And thank you for listening to the Whole Care Network. Hello and welcome to Caregiver Chronicles. I am Jeremy, one of your co-hosts. Today this will be a solo episode. I am actually here to discuss the time that I donated bone marrow. Uh, This came up because uh, from a Facebook post I put at the beginning of the pandemic where I received a letter from my recipient uh, thanking me for the donation. I just posted on uh, Facebook. I wasn't looking for praise, but I posted on Facebook, you know, just a happy moment. It led to a lot of likes and shares, but also a lot of questions about what led up to me donating bone marrow. So I thought I would give you a little story time here and explain what happened, Uh, especially given that just today I was reading about how to treat uh, COVID-19 during our coronavirus during this pandemic. Um, uh, Hospitals are having to use a lot of blood and plasma, so they need a lot of donors, which you uh, donate through both your bone marrow, your blood plasma, all through uh, the, you know, all through blood centers. So, uh, you know, it ties in nicely here that we, you know, we need donors. We need it for bone marrow. We need it for blood. We need it for plasma. Uh, So the story actually begins in November of 2012. It was election day. Uh, After voting, Sarah and I went over to her parents' house and, um, at the fire department in the town where they live, there was a blood drive going on for a little boy who was battling leukemia. So they were, read, you know, asking for blood and uh, a bone marrow registration drive. Uh, so I went. Uh, I was willing to give both uh, my blood and plasma and to also uh, register for the bone marrow. I was able to register for the bone marrow. I was not able to donate blood that day because there were so many people. You know, when people see a little kid battling leukemia, they quickly get involved with uh, with donating. Um, but you know, that's the thing is you need to go to other blood drives, not just ones that focus on something like a little kid, because a lot of times those don't get filled up and they will always, always, always need blood to help people out. So please, uh, if you get a chance, go to a blood drive. From there, after I got on the bone marrow registry, which all that is, it's cheek swab. You put a little Q-tip, they swab both sides of your cheek, boom, boom, you're done. It took less than two minutes. Uh, After that, I uh, went to, uh, you know, I went, you know, after the drive ended, I went back to my in-law's house and didn't think much about it and didn't hear anything for about six years. Uh, The little boy got a donation from a match. I was not that match. That is perfectly fine. I'm uh, happy he got the uh, match. He's around today. That's great news. Um, From there, we, um, you know, 
it was spring of either spring or summer of 2018 when I received a call from the Rhode Island Blood Center, which I receive calls all the time since, you know, about blood drives. So I was just like, oh, okay, they're telling me another blood drive. So I let it go to voicemail. They actually called Sarah. Uh, She was at work. Hers went to voicemail. And then they called my dad in Missouri because he's listed as one of my emergency contacts. It went to his voicemail, but he did send me a message on Facebook saying, hey, uh, the Rhode Island Blood Center just called me about you. So he was checking up on me at that point. Uh, by that point, I, by the time I noticed the Facebook message, I was awake and had actually checked my email. They had followed up through email as well, telling me that I was a potential match for a bone marrow donation and that they wanted me to come in uh, for follow-ups. So I responded and went, came in. Uh, they had to draw my blood and uh, check some more things. Uh, I don't know the uh, technical end on what they had to do, but long story short, I was a match for this guy. So uh, from that point on, there was the next phase is I had to go through, I had to go get a physical from a doctor associated with the blood center. Uh, I needed to uh, pass both a physical and a psychological test to make sure that I was healthy enough to donate blood. And that I was mentally prepared to donate, or sorry, donate bone marrow, and that I was mentally prepared to donate bone marrow. Now, there are two types of uh, bone marrow donations. There's one that just uses stem cells. It is a little easier. Uh, It's an advancement. It's great that they have it. And then there's one where they actually have to go into the bone and remove the marrow. That one is far more painful than the stem cell one. And let's be clear, the stem cell one is still very painful for the donor. But if it's that painful for the donor, imagine what the recipient's going through before he gets that, he or she gets that. That is, uh, that is basically was my thought process. I passed the physical, I passed the uh, psychological evaluation. So from that point, uh, they set it up a time when I would yeah, donate the marrow. Uh, I uh, they chose me to do the stem cell donations mostly because I have been diagnosed with sleep apnea. Uh, now, sleep apnea does not exclude me from the uh, uh, more extensive bone marrow one, but uh, they would prefer not to do it if they could. Uh, they were able to get me in for the, to uh, remove get the stem cells to donate the marrow, which was a wonderful advancement. Um, so for five days, I had to go in and get injected with something uh, to help bring the stem cells up easily, easily to uh, draw from my blood. After uh, on day f- four of five, uh, they put Sarah and me up in a hotel in Providence. The night before, they paid for dinner. You know, we we got a, we got a night of dinner. We got a n- nice hotel room. Uh, the next morning, we go in. They. F- feed us breakfast and then they hook me up to machine i've got wires coming in and out of both arms uh, as they're drawing my blood out to get the stem cells from my blood from there we uh have uh uh it was a very cold room i remember that uh but as we're sitting there i'm you know i'm sitting there watching tv while they do all this stuff uh, it's a draining experience. It was one of the most physically exhausted I ever remember being in my life. And all I was doing was sitting in a chair. Um, but from there, what happened, uh, is they told me it would take four to six hours 
to uh, do the donation. Uh, at the hour and a half mark, uh, one of the nurses comes in. She looks at the, uh, the output and she calls in the uh, head of the uh, blood center. At that point, I'm thinking, is something wrong? Uh, nope. They come in, they look at it, and they're shocked by the numbers because apparently I was producing the most stem cells they had ever seen in that period of time. Uh, so much so that they actually took me off the machine at the three-hour mark because they had four times as many stem cells as they needed for the donation. Uh, now, at that point, I was told that uh, the person, the recipient was a man in his 60s who was battling uh, a rare form of leukemia. And he, uh, simply put, I was told, without the donation, he was going to die. Even with the donation, he only had a 50% chance of living. But he at least had a chance. Um, So that was a surreal moment to hear that. But I'm very glad I did that. From there, you know, after I was off the machine... They uh, they paid for lunch, and then I went home and slept the rest of the day, pretty much all night, and most of the next day, because that is how exhausting the, uh, the experience is. Now, uh, from there, people have asked, well, what made me donate uh, bone marrow? You know, I signed up, but what made me willing to sign up for bone marrow? And yeah, it's this little boy named Tyler Seddon. I mean, he's a teenager now, but you know, this little eight-year-old boy battling leukemia. And all I could, I had a, you know, my uh, Remy, who's senior, he was not even two at this point in time in 2012 when I decided to go register. But all I was thinking is, if this were him, I would be begging. If he were the one battling. Uh, some rare illness and needing help, I would be begging everyone on the face of the planet to help him. If Sarah were in that position, if Joey were in that position, if my parents, my siblings, nieces, nephews, my in-laws, many of my friends uh, were in that position, I would be out begging people to donate to help them. And my thought process was simply, if I would be willing to ask that of somebody in that position, if I'm in the position to where I can give, I better be willing to give because that's a lot to ask of somebody. So if you're willing to ask for it, you better be willing to give it if you're in the position. And when I found out, I, there was no hesitation. Says the second they said I was a potential match, I called to go, go for the follow-up simply because, again, somebody needed help. And I there was a good chance that I had what they needed and my body to help them, and that was all I needed to know. Um, I know it's a scary process. It is, I've been through it. It is very scary, and quite frankly, it's, uh, it is very painful. I went through the, the less painful version, and it was very painful. There were days I were, when I was having, going through the injections where I was just constantly snapping at Sarah for no reason other than I was in so much pain and you know they don't make you tough it out they tell you what medications you can take it's not just oh you have to deal with it because it might mess up the donation that's not a case there uh it was very very painful I do not wish that pain on anyone but be willing to go through it because think about how painful it is for you 
it's got to be a lot worse for that recipient. And that recipient has somebody at home who loves them that wants them around. So, you know, that was that was all I needed. Um, I hope, hope, hope more people will sign up for the bone marrow registry. I think it is a wonderful thing to do. And please, you can save a life. Uh, I received a letter in April of 2020 from the, uh, well, actually the blood center received the letter and they sent me a, I, um, a photocopy of it through email because they uh, couldn't actually send it to me because of the restrictions of the pandemic at the time. But, you know, it was a nice letter thanking me for giving him a second lease on life. Uh, I'm grateful I had the opportunity to do that. I'm grateful that he survived. Uh, I'm happy for his family. I'm happy for him. I'm happy for me because this is a wonderful experience that I get to share. I uh, hope more people will sign up for bone marrow registration. I hope more people will donate blood, uh, especially in this pandemic when blood and plasma is being used to treat patients that are hospitalized. It leads to shortages. We need more of it. So if you hear your local blood center is having a blood drive, please go donate. It is a wonderful thing. It will help so many people. Go donate, donate your blood, and your blood can be used for plasma as well. It is something that is so simple, and the blood draw, which I did in high school and I did in college, is far less pain, painful. It's just a little prick. If you go get blood work, it's the same thing that happens there. You will be fine. But please, please, I beg of anyone listening to this podcast today to please look it up, find a blood drive, Go donate if you can. There are some restrictions that stop certain people from donating. I completely understand that. And if you do, cannot donate, do not try to force your way in. But if you can, please, please, please donate. Um, that is it for this episode. I, uh, you will be able to uh, find more of our podcast if you like this one. We are we have a website now. It's with my wife Pod at uh, uh, withmywifepod.com um, you can reach us out at caregiverchroniclespod at gmail.com um, on with my wife pod you will hear see have links to caregiver chronicles to uh, I watched it with my wife our movie review podcast and to racing with Remy the uh, new podcast that Remy has actually just started where he reviews auto racing He's a big racing fan. Please give him a listen if you can. Uh, also, we are, you know, you can find us on many, many podcatchers. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all involving Caregiver Chronicles. Uh, Caregiver Chronicles 2 on uh, Instagram, at Carecron1 on Twitter, Caregiver Chronicles on Facebook. We're on Caregiver Chronicles on Anchor. You can follow us in there. You can listen. You can send in questions on Anchor that we will play. And they do have a thing there t- if you like our podcast and want to support us financially you can do that as well uh do not feel obligated to by any means but if you want to there there is an option there on anchor uh that is it uh thank you for listening and goodbye